This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Rural Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. Good morning. I hope that you are well. I hope you're good. I hope you're enjoying your weekends uh, as we are edging ever closer to the return of club football, of course. Uh, good morning to everybody in the chat box. Thank you for joining me and making this a continual part of your morning routine. We do this as many times as we can every single week at 8 a.m. UK time. So make sure you tune in. Jose, Dennis, Rich, John, Steve, Paul. Thank you all so much for tuning in, guys. Colin, Alan, Christopher, Matt G, John. Thank you so much, all of you, uh, for uh, having a go on the pods today. It isn't your only pod of the day. 8 p.m. this evening. There is no game this week, so no preview show, but we will be having some of the members from our Discord server on the show for a chat a little bit later on this evening to talk about kind of how the season's gone so far, the Newcastle takeover thoughts, and some other topics as well. Plenty to be discussing so make sure you tune in at 8 p.m uk time so in 12 hours time from now i'll be joined by some of the members to go through some stuff we've got uh, dan we've got king and we've got jared carver coming on as well so make sure that you uh you tune in and uh, if you haven't already make sure you're subscribed to the channel and of course the arsenal way uh, a new uh, show went up yesterday that you may not have seen i interviewed uh, joao Traliao, the uh, former Thierry Henry, assistant coach of Monaco. He also coached Nuno Tavaj, or Nuno Tavaj, as, as you'll find out. Nuno Tavaj uh, is how you pronounce it. And you'll, you'll find out how you properly pronounce it uh, from Joao on uh, on the show. So make sure you go and watch it. Link to the Arsenal ways is, of course, as always, in the video description. So make sure you check that out. He talks a lot about his time with Thierry Henry, how he feels about him as a coach. Uh, how Nuno Tavaj is going to be competing with Kieran Tierney. And he also did his coaching badges with Mikel Arteta. So there's some chat with him about that as well. Really good and interesting discussion. So if you haven't already, go give that a watch over on the Arsenal way. So there you go. Um, 
But we start with, of course, the main news of the day, which is our boy, the Lil Chili, uh, Bukayo Saka, scoring yet another international goal for England, despite supposedly being overrated. Unbelievable. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's really good news for him that he scores yet another goal. I know it was only Andorra, of course, and context is always king. Um, but really, certainly, I mean, seeing... Bakaya Saka continue to play and score for England is always a positive. So to get him that goal, another performance like he had last night, going into the really important games to come in the Premier League, is only going to be positive for Arsenal. So fantastic stuff for him. Speaking of scoring goals on an international level, Thomas Partey for Ghana also scored. I know, amazing. He can actually hit the target. Um, <laughs> I was as surprised as I'm sure plenty of other people were when they saw that Thomas Partey had popped up on the score sheet for Ghana. But he did. And uh, fingers crossed if he is going to take any shots for Arsenal, which arguably he shouldn't be anymore. Uh, the fact that he's getting them on target is certainly a positive thing. And scoring them as well is, is always what you want to see. So Partey also popping up with a goal. William Saliba actually went into the game for the French under-21 squads as captain. Um, so there you go. Yes, fella, I am actually sure that he scored. I saw the video of it. Um, so <laughs> William Saliba was captain for the under-21s as well. Really positive sign for him, as we've heard over the last week or so that Arsenal are still very much looking towards him as part of their future. He is set to return after the year-long spell with Marseille and come back and sign, hopefully, a brand-new contract. Although I imagine it may take some convincing to get uh, the young 20-year-old centre-back to sign that new deal. But we would be seeing a very young squad return for next season. You think about... We've already added six 23 and under players. Saliba coming in is another 20-year-old into the first team squad. Any signings that we make, if you think about we've been linked to a number of young players still around Europe in terms of a striking position, centre midfield positions, we could have yet even another younger player at the squad. So we will keep our eyes peeled and, of course, we'll be following all of the transfer news throughout January and into next summer, as we always do, bringing you the tactical breakdowns of each transfer target with our expert insight as well. Now, uh, Gabriel Martinelli uh, has posted a picture of him in Lisbon enjoying some time off, and this isn't something to be concerned about. Uh, a lot of the Arsenal players have been granted time off that aren't on international leave. I believe Gabriel Magalhaes is in Paris right now. Uh, obviously, he previously played in France, so he's probably got lots of connections still out there. But it's not something that you should be too concerned about. But Martinelli out in Lisbon enjoying some time off. And I feel like of all the players, Martinelli certainly does need to have some time off. He needs a bit of a, a refocus, a reset, come back in after the international break and fight for as many minutes as feasibly possible. So nothing to be too worried about with these players going away from London Colney. Now, really interestingly, uh, Portsmouth manager Danny Cowley was watching the under-23 side that drew 1-1 against Bournemouth recently, speaking about the possibility of signing a number of the under-23s. He says, I don't like to recruit players unless I've watched them live on a number of occasions. There were four who were of interest to us, so it gave us an opportunity to watch them. Who those four players are, we do not know at this stage. But the team that did play uh, against Portsmouth was quite heavily changed because we had, obviously, a lot of players uh, away with their international sides. I'm just going to try and get up the lineup 
on screen for you um just so we can have a look at the last game annoyingly for some reason it's it's not coming up for me which is a real shame uh, you usually be able to there's usually no problem in looking for Arsenal's under 20. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Bournemouth, Bournemouth 1 1. Doesn't give me the lineup. Great. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. I mean, usually they put it up on Twitter. So let's just go onto the Arsenal Academy account and fingers crossed they may have put up the uh, the lineup on the Arsenal. I don't know why sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. No, they, I don't think they put it up on here either. Here we Oh, yes, they did. Here we go. Uh, we had. Ejeheri in goal, Swanson, Walters, Rekic, Agungbo, uh, Olajinka, Cottrell, Taylor Hart, Hutchinson, uh, Butler, Oyadeji, Idaho. Idaho played, that's interesting. Uh, Grashik, Alaviosu, Lopez, Akinola, and Saladin on the bench. Uh, and Portsmouth, if they're looking at four, obviously there's no Charlie Patino there. There's no Mika Bierf there. There's no Flo Balogun there. Um, who else are we missing? We're missing quite a few others, I think, as well, actually, because they've been aware of their national size. No Carl Hine or Arthur Okonkwo uh, either, because they're obviously away on the international break. Is Okonkwo playing for like, the England's youth sides? If he is, then fair play to him. Um, but uh, some interesting stuff in regards to who they could be interested in. There's a lot of players that we, we just simply don't know which ones they might be, but you think the likes of Ben Cottrell, who's not actually got a lot of minutes, for the under-23s this season, despite still very much being highly thought of. Zach Swanson actually scored in that game at right back. Taylor Hart just signed a new deal with the club. Hutchinson's very highly rated. Salah as well on the bench. Akinola too. So there's lots of players that Portsmouth could have been looking at. Um, but the problem is, is that Portsmouth have taken Miguel Aziz on loan at the moment. He's not got too many minutes, although he has been suffering ever so recently with uh, an injury. Uh, no, uh, Mercambo, uh, Danny Cowley is the coach of Portsmouth who's saying that he's interested in signing up to four of our youth team. So one that we will certainly have to follow. And that, unsurprisingly, on a Sunday in the international break is all of today's Arsenal news, which means we do have an extra bit of time to go through some of your questions, your thoughts, your theories and queries. So do throw them into the chat box and we will try and go through as many of them as we feasibly can. If you want to ask about possible impacts of a Newcastle takeover, transfer rumours going into January, who should start the game against Crystal Palace. Pl plenty of things for us to talk about. Neil, striker news. Neil, I'm afraid there is absolutely nothing in the department of striker news. I know a lot of people got very excited seeing Alexander Isak score a brilliant goal for Sweden over the international break, but there's been no news in regards to any stepping up of interest in the Swedish and Real Sociedad forwards. Nothing in regards to Arsenal being interested in strikers. Uh, of a tangible, credible link, just the usual whispers and rumours of the Dominic Calvert-Lewins and your Ollie Watkins, your Dusan Blurviches and etc. So uh, all of those is, is what you've got to deal with, but it's a long way into the January window. And to be honest, I don't think we'll be signing uh, a striker in January either. So I think you're going to have to wait all the way until the summer of 2022 to get any real idea about a striker this upcoming window uh when do the martinelli to porto rumors start probably tomorrow now you've said it john uh and we've read it out on the channel probably tomorrow rich says would you have balogun on the bench for the newcastle game he's been lighting up for the under 23s i'd have him on the bench over in ketia it just depends on if there's a, a space on the bench for for flo balogun right now you can't not have him playing for the under 23s and just have him sitting on the bench i'd rather he was playing week in week out and getting that experience getting that play time but why Nketiah needs to be there, I, I don't really get, because he's not signing a new deal. Why he started against Wimbledon when you could have started Balogun again, 
I don't know what the benefit of that was. It seems a little bit strange right now, but it's it's what we're dealing with. Um, thoughts on the destruction of Wilder by Fury? I mean, I don't think it was ever in doubt, Temi. I think I said uh, on one of the other, I think I said on the Arsenal lounge we were asked this question, I said that Fury would have an easy win. And it may have not have been quote unquote easy, but uh, it was pretty straightforward and never in doubt, to be honest. Jonathan says, Belotti for free in January. What are your thoughts? Why is he going on a free? Um, is his contract running out in January? Uh, Torino wants to sign Bellotti in January. Milan are in the leads. Um, I'm not seeing anything about the possibility of him. Uh, Bellotti is yet to renew his contract with Torino, and it seems he won't be. And he'll be available for free in the summer. Okay, so it'll be the summer that he's available for free on. I mean, he's not a bad player, but I imagine he'll probably stay in Italy. Italian players do tend to stay in Serie A. So I'd be surprised to see him end up there. But you think about AC Milan, they got Ibrahimovic and Giroud, two aging strikers. Bellotti, it's not the youngest of strikers anymore, but certainly of a younger age profile. So it would make sense for him to go somewhere like Milan. Jose Castro says, ideally, who would you want as the new signing for the striker position? I'm liking Vlovic so far. Um, who do I want? I like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I like Yusuf Ernesri. They're kind of my two key ones that I'd be looking to push for. And then obviously Erling Haaland. I mean, you can't really look past Erling Haaland, can you? Uh, he's, I think he's a realistic target. Uh, you can probably, if you're not watching video and you're an audio only, I'll just caveat that with my, I'm being completely sarcastic. <laughs> but, but if you're going to offer it to me, why the hell not? Would you turn that down? Uh, Tom Sacker's goal yesterday was a wonderful strike. It gave me joy. This Ife. It was a really nice touch finish. Um, as well. The left foot smashed high into the, uh, the goalkeeper's near post. Fantastic spot. Patrick said, what's happening with Nikolai Moller? Doesn't seem to be getting a game in Victoria. He's injured. Uh, he's faced a lot of injury issues, uh, Patrick. That's why he's not really playing for uh, for Victoria Corn at the moment. So keep an eye on that one. Hopefully he can fully recover and then uh, get back into the team uh, more so. But he's been struggling with a lot of injuries this season, unfortunately. Uh, Paul says, is Kirantini better as a left-sided centre-back and a back three? He looks good for Scotland. Interesting you should say that because I am looking to do a little bit of uh, writing around this topic and maybe something that can unlock uh, a little certain player further ahead in the team, but I'm going to keep my cards close to my chefs and you'll have to read uh, that article a little bit later on today over on football.london. Uh, Edrasas says, Eddie is our player, so why not play him? Because he's not going to be he's not going to be here at the end of the season. So I'm not going to invest any time in him personally. I'm going to invest the time in Balogun instead of any Ketia because his contract runs out at the end of the season. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's go to Manu, who says, I feel like I need to rephrase my question about Pepe. I'm genuinely curious what the club was thinking with the signing of an £80 million player. Emery didn't deserve it, and it forces next manager's hand, surely. I mean, we had to back Emery with... Emery, like we had to back him with a, a forward goal-scoring player. You can't say that Pepe wasn't that when we signed him. He was scoring, I think we got like 22 goals, 11 assists for Lille in his last season. We He needed to be given someone that could score goals in wide areas because we really didn't have one, unfortunately. And not that he didn't deserve it. I don't, does a manager deserve signings? It's a strange question. It's a strange thing to think about. It's more, I don't really look at them as managers in the sense of the manager deserving to sign players. The club needs to improve the squad. And at the time, I think we were all pretty happy 
about the fact that Arsenal were spending a ridiculous amount of money on a player. It was like, oh, wow, things are really changing. This is not something that happens all that often, ever, in fact. So now the problem is, is that you've got a player that you've spent a lot of money on and you kind of have to play him week in, week out, which we haven't been doing, to be fair to Arteta. And I don't think Pepe's necessarily deserved to play every single week because some of his performances have frankly been quite poor. Uh, and I'm very much in the camp of saying that I'd sell it. It's something that I'm going to be asking the members about a little bit later on this evening when we do the, the members podcast at 8pm tonight, because I don't know, I want to know if I'm alone in this, because um, I feel like there's a, get a lot of kind of backlash from saying that you'd sell Pepe, but then why wouldn't you sell someone to bring in someone better? I don't know. Um, but we'll talk about it later on on the podcast. But no, I don't think... Uh, it's it's just an awful topic to have to discuss. One of your most or well, the most expensive player you've ever signed, not necessarily earning his his price tag, which isn't his fault. He didn't ask to cost that much, but it's facts that it's there, and he has to try and do all he can to try and pay that back. Mark says, "Big up Tommy G." Uh, Tommy G. Any thoughts on Ricky Puj uh, from Barcelona? I honestly haven't seen loads of him since breaking through from Barca B. I saw a little bit of him at Barca B when I used to watch a lot of La Liga. Since starting my new jobs and stuff, I've not been able to watch anywhere near as much Spanish football. Um, but I don't know. I think he's broken into the first team a little bit. Uh, I don't know if because I heard like previously. Ronald Koeman wasn't the biggest fan of him. And at one time, it was looking like he could possibly leave the club. But he's been played four times in La Liga this season. He is now 22. I mean, I think of Ricky Pudge being the guy who was like 16, 17 and coming through the La Masia youth ranks and next to be kind of the next big thing after Carlos Alenia, who himself never really turned anything, I think is now at what, Real Betis? Is Carlos Alenia at Betis maybe now? So... I, I don't know. He's come on for a 16, 10, 31, 15 minutes. And in all those four games, I mean, Barca have only won one against Levante, which is a 3-0 win. They drew against Granada, drew against Cadiz, lost against Atletico Madrid. Uh, Barca are pretty awful right now. So I, I don't I don't think Ricky Pudge is the guy that's going to transform our... Uh, uh, I, I just don't think he's the guy that's going to transform our team, to be honest. Uh, Andy Love says, Tom, why doesn't Arteta allow Martinelli some game time with the under-23s? I, t- I asked Kaya Kainak about this, actually, on on the Arsenal way, and I think he I think he says something on the lines of his way above that level. And like I, I get the theory, like you're saying, Andy, about giving him more time, allowing him opportunity to prove himself. How is he going to prove himself? He's not getting any minutes on the pitch. Um but I suppose it's because he's one kind of one injury away from being a starter or as near to a starter as you can be. Uh, and with the African Cup of Nations with Pepe and Aubameyang leaving in January, he probably will get a chance then to prove himself and get into the team. So we will wait and see. But he's not offered loads when he has played so far this season. That's been a bit of a problem, hasn't it? So we'll see what happens with Martinelli, but I'm not holding my hopes up all that high. Uh, yes, he wanted Zaha, Emery did, Paul. Uh, that's who he wanted. And he got Pepe because Zaha was 100 million, which was never, ever going to happen. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, we need to sell Pepe as soon as possible. His contract expires in 2023 uh, and will not make sense renewing him as a bench player. He currently earns £140,000 per week. I, I tend to agree. 
Shaheen in the chat, do go check out the Arsenal Lounge if you haven't already. I'm joining them every Monday. I don't know if we're doing a show on Monday. Shaheen, maybe you can enlighten people in the chat box if we're doing a show on Monday. It's the international break. So we'll see. Um, but Shaheen says, has Pepe been playing like a £70 million player? No. Have we had our pants pulled down? Yes. Which top four team would Pepe walk into? Admiring your commitment, Tom. 8 a.m. on Sunday. Well done. Thanks, mate. I mean, I am working as well today, nine till five shifts. So uh, there you go. And yes, we are doing a show on Monday. So join us at 8 p.m. tomorrow uh, for the show. Patrick says, do you think Basuma was slash is on Arsenal's transfer list? Yes, I know for a fact that he was on Arsenal's transfer list, but we didn't move for it. There was never a time when we actually went to Brighton and said, look, how much do you want to want? This is... This is what we would be willing to pay, etc. They were very much looking at Locatelli in the summer. That was the that was the guy they wanted. Uh, and then when the whole Xhaka to Roma move collapsed, they decided to just stick with Xhaka instead of moving on for someone else. So it's uh, it's a shame because I would have liked to have got Basuma. Although the more I think about it, the more I kind of would have liked us to sign someone who's who's more left footed um, and a player that could actually add kind of more passing to that left flank, a little bit like Xhaka does. So maybe there's a player out there that, that could fulfill that role. Halal says, hey, Tom, what are your thoughts on Frank Kessier? He is out of contract in the summer. Another really good player. How old is he now? 24? Yeah, I think he's 24. Um, so, yeah, he's a really good player. But again, right-footed. So I don't know if, how good he is with his left foot. Maybe Harry Simi would be able to tell us more about him. I know he likes him. So uh, maybe he could be the guy that we go for. But... I'd like to see a sign someone who's more left-footed. And as George Davis says, George, could you have in the chat box again, by the way, mate, says Coop Miners was the guy and he went to Atalanta. I don't know how he's been getting on because I've not been watching any of Atalanta this season, but uh, he seemed to be. Yes, yes, yeah, that's the man that we need, Fabian Ruiz. Always, always has been kind of one of my number one picks from Napoli, Spanish international, elegant, eloquent on the ball, really, really trendy silky footballer that has so many abilities both in the final third and defensive third fabian ruiz would be one of the best signings we could make in midfield in my view but uh, i very much highly doubt that it will happen because he's a napoli team that desperately want to keep him i mean i don't know how long is left on his contract let's have a quick look He's 25 years of age, turns 26 in April. His contract runs out in 2023. So after this season, he would have just one year left. Maybe that's something that we could look at. Already got two goals from central midfield this year. Uh, and he's got two assists as well. That's not what he's about. He's not all about goals and assists. He's more about what his playmaking skills on the pitch. And he's mainly played a defensive midfield this season. So Fabian Ruiz, for me would be the man, would be the one I would go for. Definitely in my top three. Maybe I'll write something about that. Maybe if I, you know, you get that feeling sometimes when I write about Ed Nesri and uh, we ended up getting linked to him like a week later. So maybe maybe I'll plant the seed of Fabian Ruiz uh, and that could be one to, to have a look at. Edris uh, says, after seven games, would you say it was a good decision not to sign Buendia? It's really difficult, isn't it? Because you look at you look at players and you go, it may have been very different for for him at Arsenal or anyone at Arsenal. It's it's impossible to say categorically yes or no whether it would have been a good idea. Saying that, I've looked at James Madison this season and thought, wow, we've we really dodged a bullet <laughs> with, with that one. So it's 
it's interesting, isn't it? Maybe you'd argue the argument right now, but yeah, like it's he's not been amazing, but you don't know how he would have gotten in the Arsenal team instead of the Aston Villa side. It's impossible to know. Manu says, I guess I'm looking at it wrong. I was looking at it as an 80 million investment in Emery whilst it is an investment in the club regarding uh, regardless of the coach. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what you have to look at it. I don't look at signings as investments in the manager, even though they are more so the manager's choices. Although saying that Emery was head coach, not the manager, so it's slightly different. Arteta is now the manager, so he has a lot more say in, in the signings that we make. But I'd say signings under a manager are, are more so an investment in the manager, but a head coach, they're, the signings are certainly more of an investment for the club than it than it is for the manager. Uh, Patrick says, Coopman has played four games, no goal. I mean, I'm not really fussed about goals, Patrick, for a player in that position. For a Coopminers, I'm more interested about how he's impacting Atalanta's style of play and how impactful he's been and consistent he's been and how effective he's being in the games. Goals... I'd not a raw stat I'd look at for a deep line playmaker, to be honest. Uh, if it says, why do fans think about think Arteta has an issue with Martinelli? Saka and Smith-Rowe will play ahead of him at the moment, and we also have Pepe, our most expensive player. I think Martinelli will get his time in January. I don't think Arteta has an issue with Martinelli, and I think it's very quick and easy to be like, yep, he's not playing. He must have an issue with him. That's just not the case. It's, <laughs> Martinelli's for my money, this season has been fairly poor. Like, he was poor against Brentford. He was invisible against Chelsea. He was sprightly against Wimbledon, but didn't show loads. He won the penalty, of course. But that was a real opportunity to grab it by the scruff of the neck. And I don't necessarily think that he did. So he's not earned minutes for the Premier League team. But I would say that he's not necessarily been given as many chances as I would like him to, say, off the bench in the Premier League. Like, we could have given him a chance... In, in the Spurs game, bringing him off the bench uh, later on in the game. We could have brought him on uh, against Brighton if we wanted to, to try and grab a goal. But I think we kind of managed that game instead of trying to go and win it, just instead trying to avoid losing it. So I do understand that a bit more. But there's been chances, but I don't know really... I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't pin it on Arteta right now. I just don't think Martinelli's really been good enough at the moment. Steven says, "I think Pepe is becoming like Reese Nelson, a five-minute kind of player, in my opinion." Yes, I like Reese. He can produce something special, but we need now players who can produce more consistently. Like I'd sell both Reese and, and Nicolas Pepe to bring in someone more consistent. Consistent's the word. We need someone that's going to bring in a quality performance or a minimum seven, eight out of ten every single week. And Pepe doesn't do that. You get sometimes three, four out of ten performances. Sometimes you get six or seven. Sometimes you can get the odd nine where he has an amazing game. But we need six, we need, sorry, we need seven, eight, nines almost every single week at this level. And if we're going to get back into the top four, I just don't think Pepe's at the level to get us there. I just don't think he, I don't think we played a style that suits him. I think he would really suit a continental team playing on the counter. I think he'd, he'd thrive in Serie A or thrive back again in France but just is not doing it in the Premier League and for a team that likes playing the way that Arsenal are playing right now. I just don't think it's working. Um, but we'll see how it changes. Philip says, I think we need a striker. Thoughts on replacement forwards like Muriel, Zapata, Adiemi. I mean, Muriel and Zapata. Zapata's quite... I wouldn't really be investing in Zapata now. I think the time's probably gone for him. Muriel as well. I'm not sure uh, how old Muriel is now. I know he's been around for a fair while. Uh, let's have a look. Luis Muriel is 30. I don't think I'd be bringing in a 30-year-old striker. I'm looking at kind of the mid-20s range, like your Yusuf Ednezri's, your Ollie Watkins, your Dominic Calvert-Lewins. 
these types of strikers is what I'm looking at for Arsenal. Adeyemi is 19, like he's still very, very young. And would you bring in a 19-year-old striker to replace Aubameyang? I'm not sure I would unless it was of the level of a Haaland-type striker, So, which I don't think we're going to get. So uh, it's different. Yes, uh, Mikel Moreno at Real Sociedad is someone that I have spoken about a number of times. I haven't actually checked in on him this season that much. Um, but I've uh, not Oyathabel, Mikel Moreno. Why did I type in Oyathabel? Mikel Moreno. I know they play for the same club. Um, but Mikel Oyathabel, 25 years of age, uh, left footed midfielder this season. Uh, eight games, one goal uh, in the league, one goal in the Europa League as well. And he's just been a consistent player for them. He's captained the side a number of times as well. He just, again, is just one of those players that I would be more than happy to see Arsenal sign. He's really come alive since he's. Left, he went. He was at Newcastle at one stage. He went to Borussia Dortmund, and now is at Real Sociedad, and and looks a genuinely top quality player. So, for me, Mikel Moreno definitely another good choice for us. Uh, if you can pick between Pedro Neto and Pedro Gonçalves, who would you choose? Uh, Gonçalves, all the way. I think it'd be worth the risk. I think his ceiling is much higher. He's a goal machine. Is Pedro Gonçalves? So, I would choose him, uh, Jonathan, over anyone else. Uh, Magambo says Martinelli is better on the left where we used to play Aubameyang, but now we are trying to cram Emil Smith-Rowe and Martinelli into the same... I don't think we're trying to cram both of them. And I don't think we're trying to cram Martinelli in anywhere. <laughs> I don't think he's getting in any kind of team under Arteta right now. I think Smith-Rowe is, is right to be playing on the left. I like the free Saka, Erdogan, Smith-Rowe. I like that. Um, questions are now is whether we change to a 4-3-3. And if we do change to a 4-3-3, that's where Martinelli may may come into the team. Only maybe. There's even there's even suggestions maybe we go to a back three again and try play a different style. I'm going to be writing about that a little bit later. We will wait and see on that one. Neil P says, this club's about names. They sell shirts with. Don't think we'll get Calvert-Lewin. I mean, I think Calvert-Lewin would sell a few shirts. I, I think you underestimate how much investment in a key striker of the, who's English, who's young, who's been England international, I think that would sell more shirts than you think that it would. Um, so it's interesting, that one. I'd like Chris Wood to replace Lacazette, but doubt he would come to sit on the bench. Uh, I know what you mean. We could do with a plan B kind of striker, but we just don't look like we're that tight to go and do that at the moment. But maybe we'll see some change if both Bamiang and Lacazette and Nketiah all go this summer. We'll wait and see. If that's the case, maybe we will move for a little bit of a plan B forward. Anyway, that is where we are going to wrap up today's show. Thank you ever so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, please do drop a like on the show and subscribe to the Guna Talk if you haven't already. And, of course, go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. Link is in the description for our channel over at football.london. We're producing content. I'll be having a chat with Kevin Campbell over there a little bit later, 4.30 p.m. or 4.20 p.m. UK time. Uh, and I'll also be having a chat with our members over on this channel uh, at eight o'clock tonight as well. So plenty to be discussing and doing. Make sure to subscribe, make sure to like the videos and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mc delivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.